Read a couple man sizes to get established To make it happen, you got to have Dedication, hard work, plus patience To some more my sacrifice I'm done waiting, I'm done waiting Told you that I wasn't playing Now you hear what I've been saying Dedication Yes, yes, what's happening? It's the wonderful Calculated Conversation Show And we are back I'm your host, David Jefferson. And I'm Cam Jones. And we got a special guest back in the house for a second <laughs> installment. Uh, Giovanni Shern, the hey. great, yes. the great Giovanni Shern. Oh, Giovanni you. the great. The inspirational Giovanni Shern. <laughs> yes, how are you? I am great. I'm, hey. doing, I'm doing good. That's actually. dope. I'm doing really good. Your hair popping them curls out there? Yeah, hey, I did my I washed it today for y'all. <clears throat> okay, okay. So let me ask you a question. Do you just tell people you're doing good or are you always doing good? Because I've never heard you say you're doing bad as long as I've known you. You know what? I, I think um the fact that I'm alive and breathing, okay. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And and Facebook <clears throat> helps remind me I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, you see a lot of health issues and Missing kids and yes. you know, just so much to be thankful for. Yeah. So I am, I am doing good. Yeah, subs. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but that's cool. Uh, we glad to have you back. This is the second time you've been here. Um, the last show, I believe, was just over a year ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a cool little anniversary right. and stuff like that. But um, where's the cake? Yeah, and yeah. It's at, uh, the refrigerator. I actually do got a little little bunt cake. A little uh what is it? Uh the yellow one? Nah, um red velvet joint. Oh, oh nice. a little place out here. It's a hit. All right. Okay. We'll be splitting that up soon. Three uh, ways. <laughs> but uh, you know, we do know that you are the founder of Up and Over, and we talked about that on the last show, so we don't have to go too much into that. But Righteous. might want to touch on in case we got new listeners. It has been twelve months. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, you also um, are very active um, in the spreading of awareness of mental health. Right. Yes. And if I'm correct, we are right smack in Mental Health Awareness Month. Am I right? You are. What is your role in um, in this whole this whole movement? And, uh, and, and how did you get involved? And why are you involved? In, you know, a little bit of background. Yeah, yeah. So, um, up and over. You know, started. 2011 we went to high schools middle schools you've been a part of it you've come out and filmed for us Mm -hmm. Um, we're just trying to share with young people that they can get up and over their obstacles and that over time evolved into other things workshops presentations Um, and then uh, and that kind of took a lot of my time and then two years ago my son um, was released from the Oregon State Hospital so <clears throat> after being diagnosed with schizophrenia and so that kind of started my I guess my path my walk into mental health advocacy especially for for parents hmm. um, and one thing that I noticed too is a lot of people have this idea about schizophrenia and mental health and it's usually based off of you know one flew over the cuckoo's nest Mm -hmm. or something that they saw on law and order and I was one of those people and so until it actually hit me and I had to deal with it I also applied a stigma to to mental health so I understand um, it doesn't upset me like it does a lot of other people that there's a stigma around mental health um and mental illness because I was one of them. Mm-hmm. I only knew what I knew until it directly affected me. So, um, so you see both sides. I do, I do, and I can appreciate both sides um, because, like I said, I was I was one on that other side, and I don't know if I would have been or so actively involved in mental health advocacy now had my son mm. not right. been diagnosed with schizophrenia. So. But that's usually how it is. You know, yeah. someone starts an organization because they've been directly affected, affected by right. that or yes. they know someone who's been affected by that. So, which, which helps you be a little bit more empathetic with people who have not been affected yet. And you can see why they're completely um, unaware of the right. extent yes. of right. the illness, right? Yep. I've, I mean, personally, like, this ain't the first time I said it on the show, but I feel like we kind of grow up that way. 
um, you know, every time I think of mental health, even I, even I start to feel a little guilty mm-hmm. um, just because I know how we were raised in our community. And, you know, we just kind of pretty much made jokes of anybody that displayed an illness mm-hmm. right. and just kind of dubbing them as crazy and running touch. on and making it a laugh. Yeah. And, and even nowadays, you know, most of the most of the, the, the fiascos um, on social media that are being filmed are typically people that are mentally ill. And like the whole country is is finding that funny, yeah. You know, without understanding the extent of the the impact right. on people's lives would actually affect. Right. So I appreciate having you here because I w- I definitely like to learn more about it too because you know I mean I, I see it all the time and now I feel like I'm more aware of it now. Now I'm more patient. Ever since I've been you know mm-hmm. learning more about it, I've been noticing some of the symptoms and I've been being a little bit more patient, a little bit more empathetic, right. and a little bit more helpful. I think too, you think of media, specifically from cartoons, mm-hmm. movies, sitcoms, whatever. Um, the crazy person, right? That's suffering from whatever. It's always somebody breaking out of a mental illness or a mental health institution mm-hmm. and terrorizing or right. doing something, some kind of wacky antics, right? So it's this part that kind of gets thrown in a lot of places as either comic relief or stay far away right mm-hmm. right and so that's what we're being conditioned to and have been conditioned to for so long and then when it becomes real for us as far as dealing with somebody in our family or just a close friend or something right. then it's like oh yikes this isn't what it's i thought it was it's yeah. funny no more yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of i'll tell you when i was <clears throat> excuse me looking for my son there were two so he was released from the state hospital um, and they didn't tell me, oh. right? He's a grown man. We're not going to tell you, hey, your son is headed back to the jail. Right. Uh, and so I didn't find out until two weeks later. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I looked for him for two weeks by myself yeah. because of that stigma of mental illness because I didn't know how to tell people my son has a mental illness right and so i'm going to look for him myself and then of course that's impossible for one person to look for someone who's homeless and all over the place and so um i had to go to social media and say hey you know i gave my long old speech about it but ended it with um don't ask me no questions right i don't know the answers what i do know is i need to find my son and once I started doing that, there were so many people that were in my inbox. And this kind of goes back to like you saying, un- unless you're involved with it or you know somebody, right. there are people that I have been friends with forever in my inbox. My brother was diagnosed. My mother was diagnosed. My sister was diagnosed. Right. Um, I have bipolar. I mean, people just started feeling more comfortable saying, you know, mm. this is part of my family too. And I was shocked at how many people, if not directly in your family, that you knew somebody right. that had a mental health condition. Right. And mental health, I mean, there's 300, like, medical, you know, mental health diagnoses. I was just about okay. to ask you that, how many yeah, really? there's about 300, but, you know, the ones we mostly hear about is bipolar, depression, schizophrenia, um, you know, PTSD, those types of things, anti-social personality disorders. Yeah. Um, those are the things we hear the most about, but there's like this big, long list of mental health conditions. And I think just here recently, people even started considering depression yeah. a mental health condition. So... I was just talking to my cousin last night and we're both, you know, strong black women, uh, which is, which can be damaging in itself just Mm. to wear that label um, because then you have this, I have to live up to that. So I have to be strong. But strong doesn't mean that you don't hurt, that you don't have fears and Mm -hmm. worries and, and feel depression at times. And I think when people think about depression, they think all the lights are off, you know, I'm in the corner. <laughs> right. I'm not talking to nobody. You know, I'm I'm this close to ending my life, and that's not the only um, face of depression. Right. You know, right. depression. Many stages. Many stages. Many straight. Many, stra- many stages. There are a lot of people who function with depression. Right. You know, um, and we were also saying that I I think everybody could benefit from a couple sessions of therapy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree with that yeah. fully. I, I remember, I think years back, um, I think about a conversation I was having before, because um, I've known a few people that talked about depression and, you know, them saying going through a depressing time. And I feel like I used to always 
when I would hear that from certain people, I'd be like, are you just, is that a word that you're just using? Mm. And I would write it off because I've been asked, are you depressed? And I was like, no, like I've been mad about something or, you know, right. in, in, a, right. in a space, but never through the label because I've always been scared with that type of stuff to throw a label and then mm. feel like now I'm going to start yeah. seeking, you know, or not seeking, but falling I mean, kind of in line with that. Yeah. And so I've made sure to never use that in terms of whatever it is that I'm dealing with. But I do understand that this is a real thing, right? Yeah. But that came later yeah that's a that's that's you acting in the stigma of that right right i don't want to put that on myself because then i don't want to start carrying myself as a depressed person right but if you understood what depressed what a depressed person looks like it's not just this one yep this one thing yeah you know yeah and that was an understanding and of course coming into more recent where you you got to understand that people handle their scandals differently (laughs) You know, right. and the idea of the high functioning, you know, there's high functioning drug addicts that right. show up at work and do all the stuff and they go home and tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> and it's it, it works for them. Right? right. We're used to this idea and image of what a, a, a drug user or whatever yeah. is. Right? right. We're used to this idea of what we know with depression, schizophrenia, mm-hmm. all these different things. What we've been put out that are the extreme versions. Right. But there are people operating. Yeah. And I think the biggest. um, um I think the big thing is being able to talk with somebody that actually knows something about it. And most of us have not been groomed to go and ask anybody anything mm-hmm. <laughs> about ourselves. Right. 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 That's it's, it's ourselves. Like we can go and talk about a friend. We can go talk about our child. We can go talk about a cut. It's, but it's us when it comes in that we may see some things or people may have pointed some things out, but a lot of us don't want to accept that it could be us. It's hard to look in the mirror. Right. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. really is. Yeah. And I, I've told people in the past that have come to me for, you know, there was a time that I would just, I'm going to offer advice. Now I don't do that unless people come and ask. Right, right. Not everybody wants to know what I think. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. you know, when people do ask, you know, how do you find that balance? It's, even if it's just you in the mirror saying, and sometimes it's hard, you know, I'm a liar, I'm a cheater, I'm a manipulator, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a judgmental person, like just owning those things, Mm -hmm. and then you can figure out how do I become more than that? How do I overcome those things? But you gotta acknowledge it before you can deal with it. And I think you're right, like going to therapy, some people think, you know, going to therapy, that means I have a person that's going to just listen to me talk and I love to talk <laughs> about myself. But right. if you're not honest, then you're not going to get the, the full benefits because right, right. I think a therapist helps us understand and kind of sort through our thoughts, but also why we are the way we right, are. And yeah. that's at the root of everything, why yes. we are the way we are. And a lot of people don't want to accept that well, I'm the way I am because right. you know my mom wasn't there my dad wasn't there or this happened in my childhood mm-hmm. or I had this trauma happen it affects us I have people tell me all the time well you know I, I didn't know my dad so I don't really care and I was one of those people yeah. and until I went to my dad's funeral who I didn't know um, and saw all these pictures of him with um, his wife's kids, like this young man that I I didn't even know him. And Uh so I didn't even realize until I saw that how affected I was by my dad not being in my life. So I didn't mourn the man because I didn't know him, but I, I found myself just overcome with emotion because I mourned what I didn't have, but I didn't know I needed it until it wasn't there. So. I understand now, like even with my relationships and all that, how that not having my father in my life affected that. Mm. And so I think um, when you go to counseling, if you're not honest about your mess, right. <laughs> then you're not really going to get the full benefit of that. But I think everybody can benefit from it. Yeah, I feel like we live in this um, this space, this world, this kind of society that makes you feel guilty for not being perfect, mm. you know? And so people like to, you know, display perfection, you know, on felonious levels, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, you know, social media is a big, you know, big representation of that. Yeah, Um, I I agree. So it's like a big part of us getting to the next step is making it okay to be imperfect. To be human. You know, to be human. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, because everybody's flawed, you know, um, and I just think understanding 
your imperfections is the best segue you can possibly have to growth and awareness. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's a great start. Like, it lets you know, okay, so I got work I can do. Right, right. right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You don't know you got no work to do as long as you don't have to say, I didn't do nothing wrong. Right. right. Or it's not me or that's their problem. And you got to be willing to do the work. Yeah, that's the that's the other and it's thing. hard work because you got to you got to unlearn um, a lot of things that you were raised to believe you know yeah. on a subconscious level yeah and you got to mm-hmm. challenge all that you know you have to be take accountability mm-hmm. and I think that's a hard thing for grown folks to do is be accountable for their be their current behavior but also you know what what got me here right you know it's like okay I. Maybe I did have a rough childhood, but at some point I'm making decisions and they are contributing to where I am now. So I have to be accountable for that. Um, You know, and and like you said, just being being cool with me. I've that's I should get that on a T-shirt because that's what I tell people. (laughs) I'm cool with me. Like I'm cool with being a mom. I'm cool. Now, it took me a long time to get there because um, we are not really valued for who we are as people we're more like you said looked at for what we're doing mm-hmm. yep. and so I felt like I had to be busy all the time to be considered valuable and y'all know I take naps <laughs> I do what I do and I'm I'm cool with that because being a mom is important yes um helping in the community volunteering that is important yes. so you know just valuing yourself and what you contribute is is tough to get to because of social media because we you know you see someone you know oh this 12 year old is a doctor and you know this three year old has cured cancer (laughs) and you're like I just woke up from a nap and ate a box of Twinkies so I didn't what did I do today but we do you know we have to learn to value oh man I'll tear them up Um, but we have to learn to value ourselves to trust ourselves and then be cool with who we are as people and accept that we're growing all the time and we're evolving yeah all the time all the time so I think something too earlier that you had touched on was like with going to therapy and having to open up right Mm -hmm. and actually give the real story the truth. right the, the truth and <clears throat> thinking of how many things that people like the idea of like uh, hypnotherapy and all that it's if you can't let go essentially mm-hmm. and you're trying to keep holding that control over it then it's not going to be effective I think some more some people are just naturally more susceptible to certain things and they're able to release and let go mm-hmm. um, and that I think is those people that are naturally lean lean that way definitely get the benefits off the rip. And I think it's people who go in and have that still that wall up because this is a stranger and we've been taught so long you don't tell your business. Right, mm-hmm. right. Like nobody's supposed to know your business like that. Your family business is family business. Right. right? That type right. of stuff. No matter how much it destroys you. <laughs> right. Hold it in. Yeah, right. Hold it in. But at least, you know, getting to the point where we're at now where these conversations are being had on the platforms that are making it uh, making people more aware and it becoming more normalized. Mm-hmm. Right. And taking away the taboo <clears throat> that's been there for however long. Yeah. Since forever. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And just being able to um to to push not just for like us getting older but this to be normal for the youth yes right yes, that's where it really yes, hits yes it's to have them start processing and understanding which i mean it could be just the type of stuff i look at and i come across but i feel like i see it a lot more i see a lot more kids really pushing a line for things that have to do with what's actually going on behind closed doors mm-hmm. what they're yeah. dealing with mm-hmm. and it's not just oh that's a part of being a teenager or right, right. And, <laughs> and society or I should say the 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 professional industry is catching up to the need yes you know back in the day you go see somebody you get some pills um, you know and even they had these biases towards people Mm -hmm. um, and we're we're quick to label people as crazy or whatever and I think now with everybody not just us that need to seek some some support but those that are giving the support are more educated Mm -hmm. on what that really looks like and how deep it really goes you know it's 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 cool to see young people coming forward but when they're not received that causes a lot of damage as well. Mm-hmm. So if I if I confess or I, I feel comfortable enough saying, you know, hey, some things are going on at home, right. um, and then it's not received well, it teaches the, our young people that your voice doesn't matter. Hey. So not just 
teaching them that um, not to speak, but it kind of embeds something in them as they grow up that your voice doesn't matter. Yep. And so as adults, um, it's really tough for them to have a voice to express themselves, to have good relationships, to right. be good parents, to be all those things if they're not valued from the beginning. Right. So like, I think that's, I'm saying all that to say that the the professionals, the profession has caught up to the need mm. as well. So I think that's also aiding the fact that young people are feeling more comfortable mm -hmm. because it's received differently it. than it was it. um, in you know our day, right. my day. I think I'm older than y'all, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely slightly, we definitely slightly um, seeing some growth. I think yeah. you know, and just more self awareness. There's a lot of programs going on. I'm seeing a lot more events. Um, yeah. You know, I'm seeing health walks. Uh, Even the curriculum in school, the high schools. Um, oh, because your daughter's she's showing yeah, you some stuff. Like, yeah, and just being a part. I mean, from elementary, middle school, the topics come up. And oh, okay, good. They do papers on them. They do research. Um, stuff in the hallways that are up on the walls. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not just a suicide hotline. They got a lot more that's, <laughs> stuff up on the wall. That's new. It's not yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. That's new. Encouragement. Yes. You know, valuing people. I think I said last time that, you know, it's sad that our young people get all this negative stuff thrown at them but our job as a community is to make sure they don't believe that hey, like yeah. you have to be able to take what you need and you know disre disregard what's not going to be valuable work. but young kids don't have that skill there are adults that don't have that. <laughs> right. don't have that skill to be like no again I'm cool with me I appreciate what you're saying but that's not true what you're saying about me and so it's 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 important to value young people's voice and so you know we talk about the schools that's a whole nother yeah. <laughs> whole nother show yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're trying yes. you know they're making strides they're they're trying to acknowledge young people but they still have a long way to go oh, yeah, to value their voices I'll just leave it at that hey. <laughs> so uh, part three coming soon yeah part three this won't, this won't be it yeah there's more look for us next year about yes. this time but I'll be once I'll be uh, expecting some cake oh yeah I'll make sure there's a cake there's cake next time it's gotta time. be a like two year anniversary cake yeah so a double double uh Double layer, yeah, fudge, chocolate fudge. fudge. What? Oh my lord, yes. Jeez, <laughs> I think that um, too hurt. But you know, now that they putting it into the schools, um, I think that might put, provide a much needed, you know, conversation because I feel like the goal should be that you know, because I feel like the generation, like the older generation, just started being being aware of this. So now I feel like it's getting, it's starting to trickle down to the schools and to the kids. And so we kind of, if we can get a process like this, a, a thought, like a mindfulness like this started that early, right? Like, I feel like, think how amazing like we could be as just as a society, you know? Yeah. Like if we can start earlier instead of waiting till we get, you know, like our latter adult years and then like, oh, okay, well, this, yeah. is, what's, this, is, this is important now. That's the, you know? that's the key. I mean, at, at my age, I look at folks that are like late twenties, early thirties, and I, that are be becoming mindful and right. becoming more aware. And I'm like, dang, I'm so impressed right. that at your age you are getting it. Mm. When I had, you know, it took me this long to get to the point right. and an experience with my son <clears throat> and my kids mm. to kind of get to the point where I'm being more aware. Um, so to see young people coming up like that is yeah. great. And all of that said, this might be a good time for a couple little uh, stats. Let's get some numbers uh -oh, in here. Some numbers. The, you know, it's it's one thing to be like, yes, this is great. But if if we are doing everything that we should be doing, then uh, teen suicide should not be going up. <laughs> they should be coming down, mm -hmm. and statistically, they are going up. Um, and so what what are we missing? What are we mm. not doing? How are we not offering these young people support, whether it's in the school or the home or whatever, it, wherever it needs to come from? Like, where is it coming? Mm. Where is it supposed to come from? And how, how can we change those stats? So it's one thing to talk and talk a good talk. And well, this sounds all great. And the schools are doing this. And but. The stats don't reflect. The stats don't reflect that things are going down. And I think Oregon, um, I just read something that our Oregon school system 
they're like are they last or they're like way low on um their uh their state testing i've heard that too i mean yes Again, yes. that's a whole other conversation, but you got 20,000 after school programs, but we're still getting worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. So who is going to stop and take a look at that? Um, so I'm just going to throw out a couple things. Thirteen uh, percent of children ages eight to 15 experience a mental health condition. Jeez. 13 to 20 percent of children living in the U.S., which is one out of five, experience a mental health condition in any given year. 50 percent of children ages 8 to 15 experience a mental health condition and do not receive treatment. Jeez. That's a lot. 17 percent of high school su- students seriously consider suicide and half of all lifetime cases of mental illness begins by the age of 14. So. Like you're, you guys are saying, like waiting until we're adults to be like, oh, man, I might need some support. I might need some help. Or, you know, it's the, the, the person on the street who's having a, a psycho, you know, psychotic break and yeah. then they finally get help that's not really help um, is, is late. <laughs> you know, we should really be focusing on middle school kids and their mental health right. and their mental wellness. Right. And when you think about that, it's not, um, okay, do these... Are you depressed? Are you suicidal? Um, well, there is there some tendency of schizophrenia or bipolar? We're talking about before that, right? right you know, right. not saying that um, you know schizophrenia and bipolar can be um, stopped. Right. You know, some of those illnesses you're predisposed to, but depression that could be a, a chemical imbalance. It could be triggered by something. So how do we? teach young people to recognize those things that's what's right, important yeah, if yeah. we can't say okay we're going to get rid of um you know if we intervene quick enough these young people won't feel depressed okay. well <laughs> i don't know that that's true yeah but what we can do is teach them how to recognize that in themselves and right. seek help from the beginning yes until they or not until but before they get to the point where they feel hopeless and they're standing on a bridge somewhere mm. you know so we want to what i would like to see is schools really f- focusing on a full um kind of all wow- rounded wellness you know mind heart spirit Absolutely. all that physical yeah. um at a young age and not just oh we don't want you to commit suicide or go bully somebody yeah no we want you to be a healthy well-rounded individual person right period i wrote <laughs> a paper there. on this at psu about that same thing of starting this is a part of the curriculum. You got math, science, and so on, and having one just of understanding self, really going into these yeah. things. Yeah, it's weird that they don't do that, man. You, you would think, and I mean, I feel like what I honestly feel in my heart is that with the generation coming up behind us and then the generation following that, mm. the teachers that come in are going to start doing things like that. Yeah, I yeah, think, absolutely. I think some of the old ways that when we were being trained to go out into the world and work in a warehouse, right. <laughs> that that model model is shifting and it's going to take some of the people who come up with this being in front of them all the time yeah. right, before right. we had crusaders who actually did the research and looked into it but now it's out here for everyone yeah. and i think more people are going to start taking advantage of that at least that's that's my feeling and i grew up in a time where you you went to school to get a job yeah and if sometime during high school you fell behind I mean, you're a young person already feeling like a failure because if you don't graduate high school, you can't get a job. If you don't get a job, you ain't going to be nothing. So you're talking to a young person, 15, 16, 17 years old, struggling in high school who already feels like a failure Mm. before their life really even has gotten started. So, I mean, those types of mindsets and agendas that we're pushing um, can be damaging too. Mm -hmm. you know, just. I mean, everything we do uh, and has and been through has, affects us, you right. know, from eat all the food on your plate, <laughs> causing, you right. know, right. issues to their kids in Africa starving. You don't waste no foods. Now you got people that you going to eat that because they don't want you to waste no right. food. I mean, all that stuff affects us. So just imagine you're a young person and you're already four credits behind, you ain't gonna graduate with your friends, so what do you do? You just drop out of school. Mm. Because that's easier than to be um, starting your life being told 
by the system that you're a failure. That's that's pretty devastating for a person. And think of what the flip of that would do, though. Encouragement, right. you know, right. really highlighting your individual uniqueness, talent, mm. skills, and so on. Being able to recognize your emotions, feel your emotions, right. know how to process your emotions, and yeah. that done through that whole time period. Right. right. I, I mean, I just I honestly feel when I keep hearing these stories, man, I think about my childhood, you know, um, and just a lot of people I know and how we grew up is like, you know. Like our the, the generation had the right I, intentions, you know, but their methods was just kind of really, really outdated and, and unhealthy, <laughs> because they taught us to hide. They, they want us to fix things, which was not a bad idea, but they want to fix them by hiding them, mm-hmm. you know, and not right. talking about them, right. you know. And as you grow up young, you know, like you said, like your parents is like, just do this. Why? Well, because I said so. Right. No education. That part. No real education, though. But that's telling you You what you have to say doesn't matter. Like, you don't matter. Right. I don't need, you're not valuable enough for me to even explain myself to. Like, you don't matter. And you learn that at a young, young age. Yeah, (laughs) and you learn, and then we learn not to talk about the things that bothers that don't make sense to us. You know, because it's, don't worry about it, just do it because I said so, because the government says so right. because Uncle Sam says so because the police said so right. you know because your uncle said so because right. the law said so right. like no real reason no understanding no education and then you got people growing up as rebels right well right. there's no reason why I can't do that so I want to see you know unless there's like really like acute education and awareness on the the calculations of these actions and the results of them it's going to be hard to actually learn anything useful to become an adult and they make yeah. the right decisions when you get older yeah you know and so i'm i'm i'm, I'm really uh, against the fact that you know a lot of parents i feel like grew up thinking that the best thing to do was to hide information mm. as if it wasn't going to come up outside the house hey. somewhere and not thinking about how it's affecting kids um whether it's abuse they or said it was done to me i grew up fine yeah, yeah exactly fine. Right. that's that's a look, look at me that's a that's a pathology <laughs> so it's like yeah. well this is how i was raised and i'm fine but are you though right because <laughs> you've been married three times you've been in abusive woo, relationships woo, woo. you you know you have kids by you know different are you fine though are you balanced are you, you moved centered? 13 times moved, in the yeah, last year right hey, right hey, so hey. it's like we don't look at the the bigger picture you know and people think even for me you know like I have it all together but talking to my cousin last night and how we were raised it's like wow we that's really sad Mm -hmm. you know but back then you know we have these fond memories of growing up and then you're like oh that's that's not a good thing that's not a good situation to have a child in that's not a good way to 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 deal with you know trauma and stuff in the family so it's um it takes some, like you said, unlearning, but the parents, the grown folks, have to be willing to take the first step. Yes. You know, there are parents out here now that, um, you know, yell and scream at their kids and because right. that, that's what happened Tradition. to them. Right. Tradition. And like you said, they're okay, but then at the same time, I just, and I don't say it to them because they're not asking me, but right. I just be like, are you though? <laughs> right. Are you though? But you can tell when somebody's not okay because yeah. like, Saying saying one thing and your energy spilling all the the, the reality of it is two right. different things. You can a person doesn't even have to speak for you to know they're not happy. Right. You know, there's a certain aura right. around you that you carry when you're happy, and one that that you carry when you're completely confused about yeah. who you are and what you're doing here. And your behavior. But you're not supposed to talk about it. Right. Right. But thing. you're. You, it's like we can't hide very long who we really are. Eventually, no. that's going to come out either in what we say or what we do. And right. so, if we're not talkers, our actions will will show will show that. And you know, I'm not saying that everybody needs to run around analyzing everybody and like, oh, well, she had ten drinks, she must have been. You know, <laughs> right. let's talk about it. No, it, that's not our job to run around analyzing and right. you know, prescribing pills and stuff for people. But we can be compassionate to the fact that. I don't know that person's story and And so and there's more to it and so before I jump to conclusions or I start cussing and yelling and screaming and cussing somebody out 
first of all, I need to make sure that I'm in character for myself. Do I respect myself enough mm. not to act a fool like that and be mm. yelling and cussing at folks? I got to get myself together mm. to where I can communicate better. But who asked me? <laughs> you know, it's like nobody really is out there asking me to, you know, point out people who I think need or have issues but what I can do is be <laughs> aware of that right is be aware of who I am and be aware that people have traumas people have life's you know events that have happened that I will never maybe never be aware of but I gotta I gotta credit their experience you know I can't right. or I can't discredit it so but but let me ask you a question is it is it okay to <laughs> I mean, is, okay. Is it is it possible to like understand and empathize where they are, but still keep them, them to, but keep them the heck away from you? <laughs> no, like, I, like, think, like, I think that's healthy. Like, because sometimes you know, like you know, people think that they take that as a judgment. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm not upset at you and I understand but I can't have it in my life still right right you know what I'm saying I think that's where people get it confused and it's like cause I don't want to deal with certain things you know what I'm saying and I like yeah, immediately I'll be like uh uh I'm, I'm doing no, too good right my now my life is peaceful and you know why because I do that exact thing I don't be texting people that bring drama I don't talk to people (laughs) I don't invite it in I'm not going to visit it I'm not doing none of that because I do I am in control of my my mental health my wellness and so when you become aware of that control you have yes you're like it's it's okay I can be concerned about you from a distance I can be because I have to make sure that I am well that I am healthy that I am balanced so I don't I guess what I'm saying is if you get to the point where you you want to cuss somebody out or put your hands on somebody that's an issue with you Mm, that's not an issue with them Mm. and so we have to honor and respect ourselves enough to be like I'm not going to behave that way because I'm trying to keep balance in my life and if I can't control myself around this person and I respect myself then I have to distance myself from them now if it's a relationship kids whatever you might want to I mean I would try to figure out for myself let's say I had issues with one of my kids and you know I just feel like choking them every time I'm around them I would have to look at what's going on (laughs) what's going on with me that Mm. I have this anger or whatever's going on with me and my kid and then I need to do I want this relationship to be more than it is and again got to be willing to do the work yeah. you know that's the whole thing like it, I don't think people in this society we're used to fast food and mm. I mean shoot you fast can, relationships look I, I, mm. I'm gonna say it I buy I buy um, CBD weed for my son mm with schizophrenia and I go to this place called Electric Lettuce they got the drive up for you so Mm. I mean you can even drive up and get weed nowadays so people are used to I need a quick fix I want this I want it now Mm. but you can't expect that trying to straighten out a relationship it's like what kind of relationship do I want uh, with my kids and you know again that's a whole other thing but I have adult kids and so having adult relationships with my sons they're not they're they're my sons they're but they're not my children (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. they're not my children anymore they're my sons that's important that you highlighted that yeah so just working on relationships and spending the time and doing and putting in the work and admitting yeah i i maybe i did some things as a parent as a friend as a you know girlfriend whatever that i need to work on Mm -hmm. and but that takes a lot. I mean, you got to be ready to break do yourself the, down, you know, right. break it down, and and do the work and be repair yourself so you can repair relationships or be in good relationships with other people. Know what I'm saying? Can I ask you a quick question? Yes. Um, I want to make sure that we uh, try to support people out there that might be struggling. What What do you suggest that someone does? Who do they contact? What do they do when they have? So before that even before that of trying to get on to being able to recognize like do you have anything to be able to give people as far as being able to recognize maybe some conditions that people may be um suffering especially knowing that this stuff starts at 14 like it's Mm -hmm. going back that far what are some of the things that people may be able to some of the symptoms yeah so i do have uh some warning signs of 
um, people who may be experienced like some mental health um, issues okay. or some uh, depression or suicidal thoughts. And it's a list, so I know that's it's tough for people to follow it, but I'm just gonna give it, maybe something will stick out and be like, oh, maybe I need to have a conversation with my child. Um, feeling sad or withdrawn for more than two weeks. Um, mm. Out of control, risk-taking behavior. Mm. Uh, harming self or others. Mm. Sudden overwhelming fear for no reason. Mm. Um, sometimes physical discomfort. Of course, seeing or hearing things that aren't real, mm. Uh, mm. drastic changes in mood and behavior, uh, or their sleeping pattern, extreme difficulty concentrating or staying still, which is something we like, these kids in school, I need you to concentrate for six hours, I need yeah. you to be still, that's <laughs> tough. That's tough for me. Mm -hmm. I need a nap every right. now and then. Um, intense worries about, uh, about just like daily activities. Mm. Uh, Self-medicating, drugs and alcohol. Um, you know, I, I know people who drink a lot and when the time is right, I will ask them, where's that coming from? Because mm. there's a reason that you're doing this. And and again, they have to be define a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're drinking a lot to get through, basically, if you're drinking to get, oh, yeah, with the red cups, if you're drinking to mm. get through the day and that's the only way that you can deal with life mm. and circumstances, then mm. there's something deeper Definitely. there. It's, Definitely. it's not like I'm just having a dranky drink because I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to get a little buzz on. I'm trying to, like yeah, really out go something. somewhere else yeah. then that's an issue but oh, so, if, so celebration not coping yes. there you go I yes. like that uh, trying to hurt, harm themselves so uh, some of those signs I would be looking to have conversations with okay. my with my young person and then we got to think about too some of that stuff is just behavioral mm -hmm. so you again parents i don't want you guys oh my my you know my, my daughter is having sleep issues i need to take her to the you know the hospital mm -hmm. some of that is just everyday life but yeah. what you got to pay attention to is like the intensity of it how long it lasts if it's going on for weeks and weeks and weeks i would be concerned if it's a couple days it may have just been something they needed to talk talk to somebody about okay. another thing i want to say too before we're done parents don't don't be offended if your kid don't want to talk to you hey <laughs> you may not be the person that they need to have certain conversations with right. i've told right. my son who is mm -hmm. 17 you know I, I i hope that we have the relationship where he can tell me anything but we've also acknowledged that i may not always be the appropriate person that you feel the the most safe with sharing things yep. and I'm fine if you ever say I need to talk to a counselor or you need to talk to a different adult besides me I'm fine with that Aye. I need him to be as um, safe and healthy as he can be and I don't need to be the one to always do it you know um, so the other thing is like the level of distress um, if it's intensifying if it's continuing then I would I would start to worry about yeah. that um you know, so just changes in behavior. As parents, we know our kids and we can see when something changes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's easier to just say, oh, they're having a hard time at school or, you know, yo, daddy didn't come and get you and that's why you tripping. Mm -hmm. mm, it, that could be included in it, but yeah. there's something deeper there. We, we, we gotta be willing to put in the time. We really gotta be willing to put in the time. Um, so before our time is up, uh, so if you, think that your child is suffering from a mental health condition or contemplating suicide, do something right away. There's not no conversation you can have with your kid about suicide that's going to make them be like, oh, you know what? I wasn't thinking about that. But now that you brought it up, I, I'm thinking about mm. it. So you're not going to put the thought of suicide in your not young inception. person's heads. Right, right. So being blunt and being honest, um, about your concerns is very important and if they do say that they are you know well yeah I've thought about it you know even I haven't thought about uh, killing myself but I feel like sometimes I don't want to be here then that's when as a parent you're like okay was well, there something that we can talk about do you feel comfortable talking to me um, 
and you just ask direct questions, but you okay. don't accuse. Well, wh- wh- I've done everything I can for you. Yeah. What what do you have to be depressed about? <laughs> yeah. You know, you got the, the perfect life and you got you, you're both parents in the house and you, you make good money and you got this. You can't do that mm. because that's deflecting what you're feeling, right. your own inadequacy. Because if I got to tell you what I'm doing, then something's wrong yep. <laughs> um, with where I'm at. And so I got to figure that out. But now she's making that's you making it about you, too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> Getting off the subject yeah. of like, where the support is. Right. Really exactly. Yeah. So um, I have a couple of conversation starters. <clears throat> oh, um, yes. Just say something like, um, you know, sometimes we need to talk to an adult about your feelings. I'm here for you. <laughs> you know, would you like to talk to me or would you like to talk to someone else? So you want to offer them that option. Um, and when when a young person is telling you about stuff that's going on with school, again, don't make it about what they did or what you would have done or what you did. Just say, OK, can you tell me more about what's happening mm-hmm. and why you think this right. is happening? Um, but I want you to know I'm here for you just to listen. Sometimes we just need people to listen. Um, and then just saying, you know, I'm here to help you. Can you tell me what it is I can do right now mm-hmm. to, to help you? Because right. I might not know. So if you're like, what is it that I can do for you right now? Um, and if they're like, I don't know, just give me a hug. Then just, just do that. Yeah. Don't look for more. Don't try to make it more. Um and then asking them again, do you feel like you want to talk to somebody else about your feelings? Um, and if and if you think a child is in crisis, whether it's yours or anybody else's, and you think that they are about to take their life, um, never promise them that um, I'm not going to call anybody. Like, don't say, well, whatever you tell me is safe with me. I mean, part of that conversation is safe, but if you say, I'm going home right now and I'm going to take my life. Um, I've been in that situation with a young person. I'm like, I, I can't promise you that I won't share that. I have to because your, your safety is my first concern. Right. Um, and so contacting the schools, they have good resources. Um, Project Respond, you guys have to Google that. Um, they can come out and do a wellness check. But really just kind of knowing the signs is the main thing. Right. Knowing how to recognize when your child's behavior changes, it, it's not just because, oh, they just moody or they didn't like because I didn't buy them tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. It could be that, but you just got to be aware and be open that it could be something else. Right. Oh, and what not to say, you know, is don't make it about you. Right. Um, don't dismiss how they feel. Mm-hmm. Don't ask questions like, well, are you okay? Well, obviously they're not. They're not <laughs> you know? right. So don't ask those yes, no questions. You want to ask questions that allow them the freedom and um, to be comfortable ask, answering them and being themselves. And again, we might, parents, we might not be the, wor- the person that they feel the most comfortable with. And that's okay. That's mm-hmm. okay. Right. That's, I just it, it, that part of the conversation about talking to somebody it goes makes me go back to many of the conversations me and Karma had while she was here about we can talk but I understand there's certain things you're not going to bring to me right and I had to have the conversation with her mom also it's like she tells me some things she doesn't tell. yeah that's how it works and right it's always going to work like and that and keep that <laughs> right? confidence I yeah. don't want you to tell me what she's saying right. she needs to have that to feel safe yes. you know as parents we want to create an environment where our kids feel safe being themselves yes whatever yes. that means being themselves our our job is to guide and teach and provide but at some point we have to respect that these folks are people right <laughs> they're individuals right. Right. and they're not going to respond the way we would respond mm-hmm. or the way we would want yes. them to respond and so that's hard for a lot of us because of how we was raised exactly you know I think I take that into account where trying to have those type of conversations when I was young just was that that was not happening right and so making sure that that wasn't a situation um you know and I talked to her about her friends understanding your support group and your friends sometimes mm-hmm. it's just getting it out of you they may not have, have all the advice or you know whatever that may help but at least it's getting out right or if you need to go talk to one of the people at the school that this is you know what they do they're trained in this then cool just make sure it's getting out yeah you make yeah. sure you get it out of you um and if it's something that you feel is above what you can articulate 
write down what you can right. have the idea right? right have the idea of it so that you can go present that when you sat and thought with it because it's something that's important yeah and, and, and kids don't always I mean again I know adults who can't articulate their feelings and yeah. so that's why they're yelling and screaming and breaking right. stuff because I don't know how to put into words what I'm saying I don't know how to communicate with you in a way that we're not going to be arguing right um, so take this lamp yeah so here you heard what I said <laughs> <Underhand Bam>. lamp. <laughs> <laughs> take this plan right so just imagine a young person 10 nine mm -hmm. there are people eight years old committing suicide Man. having these feelings not knowing how to articulate them not feeling safe saying i don't know how i'm feeling and that's why counseling is important mm -hmm. um and providing a safe place for young people to to be people yes. and not our property uh is important so so basically um i know we almost wrapping up here but when i'm hearing everything you're saying and you know a lot of uh, a big part of the process of how you think these problems can be solved i feel like you're saying that trust is number one almost like they have to really really that, trust yeah. you if they don't trust you you have a limited capacity to actually help them with anything Yes, and that's with anything, any business relationship, mm -hmm. you know, romantic relationship, trust is important. Mm -hmm. And I don't think parents expect their children need to trust them because right. I pay the bills, you eating, you got what you need. And but trust and, you know, it's one thing to parent, but it's another thing to be a, a good supportive parent. You know, right. you can be a, a parenting which is okay I'm doing what I'm, I'm taking care to do. of you I'm taking physically. care of you physically but am I acknowledging that you are a person right. in my charge right now and at some point you're going to be an adult making decisions based on the experiences that I contribute yes, to yes. now I'm not saying parents are to blame for everything because there are other people that kids come into contact with but we are the the first ones yes <laughs> absolutely absolutely we are the first ones and we have to be like okay what what am i am i doing the best you know one one of the things that i've learned in the last couple years is to always ask myself am i living to my fullest potential mm. sometimes the answer is no mm -hmm. again because i'd like to take that's that. a tough question too <laughs> but am i living <laughs> to my fullest potential and like i said a lot of times that 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 answer is no and I have to be honest about that right. um, and even in the past as a parent was I really doing the best I could or was I doing what worked for me at mm. the time what I was I doing what was easy what was, was convenient mm -hmm. um, that I had the energy to do and so as parents we struggle and I know we're it, but to me it's all mental health like yeah, it all it all ties it in, all ties in yeah. because we got to be stable and centered as parents if we expect to uh, project that and teach that to our young folks and we have to be able to admit that we have flaws and that we have things we have to work on absolutely you know absolutely well 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 with that being said we come to a close <laughs> the wonderful Giovanni Shern broke it down for the second time on calculated conversation we are grateful I appreciate coming. Is there a uh, real quick, um, where can people find you? Um, Upandover.net. You can contact me there. Of course, I'm on Facebook, Giovanni Shern. Um, but yeah, you can email me through upandover.net. All right. And that concludes the show. Calculated Conversation Everything at Gmail, on Facebook, IG. Uh, the website is off the hook now. Can put it together. Now you can hear all the shows yeah. through the website. Did a little one too on there. And he did it nice. So we appreciate you guys for listening. Listening uh, until next week. Stay cool and communicate. Calculate everything. Booyah.